Hello, people of the way. Blessings in Jesus. If you have your Bible, please open up to 2 John chapter 1, the book of 2 John chapter 1. We continue our study through the New Testament. Now, we're about two years later from Brother John's last letter, our study through 1 John. It's about two years later, and Brother John, he's writing to remnant believers. Now, there's debate. There is some debate on whether this letter is written to a larger church body being addressed in the feminine or if the letter is specific to a particular home fellowship or if this letter is written to those comprised of a family. In verse 1, we see how Brother John, he says that to the elect lady and her children, but then that in, 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 in verse 13, we see the children of your elect sister greet you. So that's why there's some debate on, you know, who is the audience of this particular letter that Brother John is writing to. Now, of course, we know that captured in the canon of Scripture, the audience is you and me. But then also understand that in the particular era of Brother John, it could be. It could be that it's for the larger church body written in the feminine. It could be a specific fellowship. Or, and there's the not too popular opinion, that possibly, possibly what has happened is that all the men have fallen and the women are still standing. Now, not too many people like that opinion, but it's possible. Because what we see here is that you see this reference to the feminine and in the feminine. Now, a lot of times people like to say, well, it's the larger church body. After all, we are the bride of Christ. But don't forget, that's very forward looking because the wedding hasn't happened yet. So it could be. But what we're about to see when we see reference to a singular family, a singular home, it could be that. The women are standing. It could be. Now, for me, I don't particularly involve myself heavily on the matter. But if 92 AD were, if it were anything like today, maybe, just maybe, the men were dropping like flies. Where are the men? That's what I want to know. Where are the men? And so we begin our study here in 2 John chapter 1. We see here in verse 1, the elder. The elder. And in the Greek, that's presbuteros. Presbuteros in the Greek. Now, is John referring to himself as elder, as in overseer? Or is he referring to himself as an old man? Now, for me, I think it's a little bit of both. Because in 92 AD, don't forget, Brother John, he's an old man. Old man John, his, just like with Moses, his farewell dissertation. He's an old man, fighting the good fight, still fighting. See, he didn't have his ministry, you know, he, he retired at age 40, he retired at age 50, 60, you know, he's an old man. He's an old man, and he's still fighting the good fight. And then he says, the elder to the elect lady and her children. Again, is this the larger church body being spoken of in the feminine? Or have all the men dropped like flies? And is this a fellowship that consists of a woman and her children? He says to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth. 
because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Now, remember, there is confidence in the Lord. Confidence. That is reserved specifically for the remnant. Specifically for the remnant. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. And we still see it today. Brother John says in verse 3, he says, grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Now, verse 3 is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful verse. But let's not, let's not forget the times of 92 AD. If we just for a moment consider the cost of being a Christian in 92 AD, now, you might think that, you know, the, the hunting of believers ended in 70 AD. But John himself is being hunted and will soon be captured in 92 AD. The cost of being a Christian is still heavy, very heavy, life-threatening. And when you consider this, it could be that maybe the men really are dropping like flies. Maybe they really have denied the faith. Maybe they've been martyred. Who's left standing? And even though we're a body of believers, understand too that there's a certain loneliness that's associated to the remnant. You see? Only to the remnant. Because the masses don't see like you do. The masses don't understand like you do. The masses don't walk with Christ like you do. And throughout time, throughout time, there's always been something different about the remnant. Just like in our studies in the Old Testament, there's something different about Hannah. There's something different about Ruth. There's something different about Deborah. Something different about Joshua. There's always something different about the remnant. Beautifully different, but there's still a loneliness associated to the remnant. And Brother John continues. He says in verse 4, I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we received commandment from the Father. Now, the Greek doesn't say some of your children. The Greek says, you know, your children walk in truth. And as we, he says, the inclusion of himself. Notice, he's, he's not writing like, okay, you know, I'm going to live my life like the world and this is for you, lady. He's not saying that. He's including himself. He's in the same boat, you see? And he's saying, this is what we walk in. And he says, as, as we received commandment from the Father, the inclusion of himself received commandment from the Father, he says this in verse 5, and now I plead with you, lady. Now, this isn't derogatory at all. He's not like, you know, hey, look here, lady. No, he's not coming off like that. Remember, this is John's letter. This is Brother John. He's a vessel of the Lord, a servant of the Lord, an apostle of the Lord, fully qualified. And he's caring for her soul. He's shepherding her. Now, if someone else said, you know, hey, lady, you know, I could understand like, you know, who you calling lady? I could understand that. But this is John. He's caring for her soul. And he says, I plead with you. In verse five, I plead with you. 
Not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is something that we have to be cautious of in the last days. And as the, in these last days, the world is crazy. And it's going to get crazier. The church is also crazier. And it's going to get crazier. It's only getting worse. And it will continue to get worse. Much worse. And as much as we strongly exhort to be on guard and to be on watch and, you know, to have this war footing, and these are of great necessity in these last days, we also have to protect our hearts. See, it just so happens. It just so happens. It just so happens. It just so happens that we looked at this very thing on Wednesday. Remember with Hannah? Plenty of room for carnality based on the instigation of others. The poking, the prodding. Plenty of room for carnality. But remember, sometimes righteousness is seen by what is unseen. And Brother John Caring for the soul of this lady, guiding her to paradise, shepherding, shepherding her in the ways of truth. He's telling her, your kids are on point, but there's something I notice in you. And this is something that must ring true in these last days. And yes, there's the body caring for the body, but boiled even further, the remnant caring for the remnant. As the masses are dropping like flies. Now, for various reasons, dropping like flies, but it's already underway. A defection away from the truth, which Brother Paul says is apostasy. One of the signs, many signs of the last days. And Brother John, in caring for this woman woman, and watching out for her soul, he continues and says in verse 6, this is love. This is love that we walk. Notice again, the inclusion of himself. This is love that we walk. Not that you walk like, like, you know, hey, hey lady, I'm going to be a jerk over here in this town. And, you know, you live like this. No, he's not a hypocrite. He's not a hypocrite. That's what the hypocrites would do. He says, this is love that we, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. That as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Remember verse 1? In verse 1, John says, in truth, I love you. Your kids, they're on point. And in this battlefield that rages on, he says, lady, he says, sister whom I love, allow me to sharpen you a little. You see, this sharpening, it's nothing new. Because brother John, he points her to the fundamentals. You see, it's how we walk. The inclusion of himself. Kids, they're fine. You, let's get you cleaned up. Let's get you cleaned up. And this is something that is very necessary among remnant believers. Remnant believers. I specifically say remnant believers. And that is koinonia. Ecclesia. A body of those who are set apart. A body of those who are consecrated. Consecration unto the Lord. A body of those in whom the formula is right. The remnant caring for the remnant. 
very important to understand. It's always been important to understand, but even more so in these last days. Even more so in these last days as wickedness is on overdrive. Why? Because Satan knows his time is short. And he goes out into the world like a lion waiting for whom he may devour. And he's doing a lot of devouring, him and his demons. And things are getting worse. Worse and worse and worse. And it's going to continue getting worse. The remnant caring for the remnant. You see? Because it's only the remnant that will shine even brighter as the world gets darker and darker and darker. Again, is Second John speaking of a larger church body in the feminine context? Or is Second John speaking of a specific fellowship in the feminine? Or have men and the masses dropped like flies, having been seduced to, by this world and all that's in it, and left standing is a woman and her children? see where you know brother john is seeing this woman falter a little bit falter slightly in the era in the in 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 the era in which she lives and watching out for her soul in obedience to the lord brother john is just telling her writes her a letter let me help you stand strong in the lord let me help you stand strong in our lord as we together await our better husband. You see? See what's happening here? And I love this so much because we see these examples of beautiful, beautiful fellowship. You know, with like John as caring for her soul, watching out for her soul. Paul as watching out for souls. You see? James as watching out for souls. I love it. We have these examples. The Lord teaches us through his word. And he also warns us about those who watch out for their wallets. You see? And those servants of Satan who serve him, presenting themselves as ministers of righteousness, but they're really servants of Satan. The word of God teaches us. That was Paul's phobia. Remember when he says, I'm afraid for you guys. He was, he says, he didn't say I'm afraid because, you know, of, I'm not afraid for my sake. Now he's not on a high horse. Paul doesn't say that like, oh, look at me. I'm so awesome. He doesn't say to the elders, the overseers of Ephesus at the Miletus meeting. He doesn't say like, you know, I know this, that after my departure, the wolves are going to come and some of you are going to become wolves. He doesn't say like, oh, you know, that's going to happen because I'm no longer here because look at me. I'm so awesome. No, he's not on a high horse. He's not into self-aggrandizement. He's not into self-exaltation. No, exaltation is only for the Lord. But he knows his stuff. It's Paul's phobia. He says, you know, after my departure, the wolves are going to come in and some of you guys are going to turn into wolves. Go and listen to our study through Acts chapter 20. He says to the saints in Corinth, he says, listen, I'm afraid for you. I'm afraid for you because you know what? The, the, the preacher guy is going to come in with another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. And he says, you guys are going to put up with it. What happens? They put up with it. 
You go to Galatia, what happened? They put up with it. You see? He knows his stuff. James knows his stuff. Peter, he knows his stuff. John, he knows his stuff. And it's not just knowing their stuff for the sake of knowing their stuff. No, it's they're tasked by the Lord to teach. You see, to shepherd. To teach in the ways of righteousness. You see? And that's what Brother John is doing to this woman. Now, a lot of times you hear the preacher guys, they say, well, you know, this is for the church at large. This is for the church at large. But when you look at the scriptures and look at the times of 90 AD, 92 AD, 94 AD, and you look at that stretch of time and you see what it is, the cost of being a Christian, especially that John was being hunted himself. You also understand like, whoa, this is heavy stuff. This is serious business. This isn't for the sake of a social club. Hey, let's gather here and, you know, study the word for 10 minutes and then, you know, hey, let's go play basketball. No, this isn't a social club. That's what the Laodiceans do. It's not what the Philadelphians do. It's not what the Smyrnans do. You see? And look what Brother John says now. He says this in verse 7. For many deceivers, which translates as imposters, misleaders, deceivers, and seducers. Not one, not two. Brother, Brother John, he says, many of them, many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. See? It's very true that, yes, the world is the world and the church is the church. But also true, the remnant is the remnant. If you take a marble, just a little tiny marble, and you place it on the floor, and then you take a vacuum hose and you flip the switch and turn on the vacuum, and you're five feet away, the hose, the little opening of the hose, it's five feet away from the marble. The marble isn't going anywhere. Four feet away, marble's fine. Three feet away, hey, marble's fine. A foot away, marble is still fine. Six inches away, that you know the uh, you you could hear the vacuum. You could hear the vacuum and the hose. If you put it to your hand, you feel the suction. But you're a foot away, and that marble's fine. You get closer and closer. Eight inches, six inches, five inches. Then something happens. You start to see the marble kind of wiggle a little bit getting pulled away you see a little pull and then you see it settle down in the carpet and you see a little pull it settles down in the carpet and then you start to see it like you know wiggle even faster there's the you know the the weight of the marble and then there's the 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 the, the pull of the vacuum and then the vacuum gets closer and closer and closer and the closer that vacuum gets, the bigger the threat is for that marble to get sucked away. It's the same thing with the pull of the world. The same thing. The closer a believer gets to the pull of the world, the likelihood of getting sucked away only increases. You see? Don't forget, Harpazo. Harpazo. 
It's something that Jesus does. But harpazo is also something that Satan does using his vessels, the wolves. You see? This is something that our Lord teaches us in John chapter 10, verse 12. Another writing of Brother John. You see? Our Lord himself teaches us about his harpazo and he teaches us about Satan's harpazo. And today we have Christians gleefully shouting, Harpazo hope, Harpazo hope. Well, which one? Which one? We have to be wise. We have to be wise and understand the threats that surround us. Very important. It's always been important, but in these last days, now falling away is prophesied. And falling away is going to be on overdrive. But there's a remnant. There's a remnant. Brother John says this in verse 8. He says, look to yourselves. Translates as beware and take heed to yourselves. He says, look to yourselves. That we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Now, remember what Brother James taught us? Another vessel of the Lord. Another apostle. Remember what he's taught us about the, the package deal of faith? He says that faith without works is dead. Go and listen to our study through the book of James. You'll understand more. Remember, you and me, we go get a burger. You know, I'm standing at the counter. I say, give me number one. I look at you. You want a number one? You say, yeah, give me number one. I say, okay, two number ones. Are we getting a singular item? item? Am I getting a singular item and you're getting a singular item? No. I'm getting a burger, fries, and a soda. You're getting a burger, fries, and a soda. And then we go outside, we sit down, and we have beautiful fellowship. Beautiful fellowship. We enjoy our burger, we enjoy our fries, and we sip our sodas. Beautiful fellowship. But it's just like faith. Package deal. It includes works. You see? It's not a singular thing. If it is singular, you know what Brother James says? That's dead. He says faith without works is dead. And of verse 8 here in 2 John chapter 1, I've heard pastors say of verse 8, there's a full reward, but I'm okay with half reward. Because Brother John says, you know, that we may receive a full reward. And I've heard teachers, so-called teachers, I've heard pastors, so-called pastors, I'm okay with half reward. It's okay if I don't get the full reward. I'm okay with half. I'm okay with a quarter. I'm okay with a third. I'm okay with an eighth. Really? Because Jesus, our Lord, he speaks about those who are lukewarm. He says, I wish you were hot or cold, but since you are lukewarm, he says, I will vomit you out in the body and now expelled from his body. That's what our Lord says. And in verse 9, Brother John continues. He says, whoever transgresses, Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Because a person says, oh, look at me. I'm abiding in Christ. Let's go grave soaking. Look at me. I'm abiding in Christ and God is all done with Israel. Oh, look at me. I'm abiding in Christ. And you know what? I took the mark of the beast because my pastor said it was okay. You see? 
God is all done with Israel because my pastor told me he belongs to this coalition. You see? Let's go grave soaking. My pastor says it's okay. It's all it's, it's endorsed by the church. And look, they have a nice music ministry. Good old Redding, California. Very important to understand what the word of God says. Because those teachings, the grave soaking, replacement theology, take the mark of the beast. These are teachings that were never and are never in accordance to the doctrine of Christ. And Brother John says in verse 9, whoever transgresses Kai and, you know, remember the inclusion of the word Kai, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. Now, if you're a new listener or even a new believer, you might be like, oh my goodness, that's terrifying. And you might think that this is rigid. To be a Christian is rigid. And I get that. I used to think that when I was a baby Christian, maybe 25 years ago. When I was a young believer, I used to think like, man, you know, like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. And But now I'm a Christian. Kind of like, you know, kind of somber, you know, like, yeah, I used to do this. I used to do this. Oh, yeah, I used to have all kinds of fun over here and fun over there. But now I'm a Christian. But what I didn't realize, it's that process. And I hate saying process. It's just, it just happens. Process sounds so textbook, you know. It sounds too, like, you know, instructional. Like, it sounds so, it does sound rigid to it. You know, there is a rigidity to it. It seems that way. And I get that. Remember, our Lord says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what I realized is that in the course of time, I realized, oh my goodness, this is pretty easy. This is pretty simple. The key ingredient, the key ingredient to all of it is obedience unto the Lord. But understand too that obedience, you know, the, 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 the way a, a, a two-year-old obeys his or her parent is different than how a five-year-old does, which is different than how a 10-year-old does, which is different than how a 15-year-old does. There is maturity along the way. Where like, you know, a, a two-year-old might be walking with like a, 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 a cup of milk or something. And if there's no lid on it, oh, that cup of milk is going to be all over the floor. You see? But a five-year-old, you're going to still see the jitters, but you don't have to have the lid on it. They might see a couple spills every now and then. But a 10-year-old, no more spills. 15-year-old, no more spills. So depending on your age in Christ, then you might be a baby believer. And praise be to the Lord, I love you. Praise be to the Lord. Now, this isn't like, remember the rugby match from our study in, in, in the book of Romans. This isn't like, you know, like, oh, how dare you, how dare you, how dare you. You're just a baby and oh, look at me. I'm so awesome. No, 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 no. Because when there's unity in Christ, oneness in Christ. No, we're together. You and me, you're, we're together. Oneness. Unity. And just like we studied on Wednesday, it just so happens. Not unity for the sake of unity. No, Unity for the sake of purity. Purity. 
very important to understand. And sometimes Christians tell me, and more so in these last days, oh, you're, you're so rigid, you're too hardcore, you're too hardcore. Listen, this ministry is specifically for the remnant. Specifically for the remnant. In verse 9, Brother John says, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both father and son. He says in verse 10, if anyone, now, he says, if anyone, but remember what John says in verse 7, how many imposters, many misleaders, deceivers, and seducers. And speaking to this elect lady and her children, he says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. You see, do not receive him. Don't receive him into your house nor greet him. Oh, but we're supposed to be hospitable. We're supposed to be kind to people. Listen, we're called to be loving. We're called to be gracious. We're called to be merciful and forgiving and hospitable. Absolutely. But we're never called to be stupid. Never. We have to be wise. Wise as serpents and peaceful as doves. Always accounting for the thousands of it is also written. Brother John, he says in verse 11, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. You see, a lot of people, a lot of people like to point to Christian love, Christian love, and there's nothing wrong with that. Christian love is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with Christian love. The greatest gift is love. And it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. One of many gifts, not the only gift, one of many gifts. The greatest gift. It's absolutely beautiful. But we cannot forget Christian wisdom. Wisdom that emanates from the word of God. We cannot forget wisdom. And these are works that are often revealed through time where, you know, a person is welcomed into a home and in the course of time, holiness might be seen. Or a person is welcomed into a home and in the course of time, wickedness can be seen. And wickedness easily spreads and it spreads and it spreads and it gets worse and it gets worse. There was a sister I knew. She saw a young lady in dire straits. And what she did is she welcomed the young lady into her home. Nice new house. She welcomed the young lady into her home. And the young lady defiled her sons through sex and all kinds of wickedness. You see? Defiled sons, defiled house. And the flames of ruin upon ruin testify. And this is the very thing that Brother John is warning us about. If anyone, he says, comes without the doctrine of Christ, do not receive him because evil deeds so easily spread. We cannot forget wisdom. There is Christian love and Christian love is beautiful. 
Christian hospitality is beautiful. To be loving and merciful and gracious and forgiving, yes, absolutely. But we have to be wise. We have to be wise. And Brother John, he's in, in verse 12, he says, having many things to write to you. I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face. That our joy may be full. I so get this. I so get this. Because I long to do this with you one day. One day before the return of our Lord, I hope to see you face to face one day. Now, I presently teach from America and you might be wherever you are in the world. You might be in America. You might be in South America. You might be in Japan. You might be in Europe. You might be in Africa. You might be in Australia. You might be in an Arab country. But I long to do that with you one day. To see you face to face. Before we're in our glorified bodies. And I can only speak for myself. But my joy would be full. My joy would be full. And Brother John, he continues in verse 13. He says, the children of your elect sister greet you. Very interesting. Very interesting what we see here. Another elect sister that Brother John mentions. Very interesting. I wonder where the men are. I wonder where the men are. I wonder, I wonder. Now, granted, it could be that Brother John is writing in the feminine context. It could be. Or it could be that the men are dropping like flies. Being sucked away by that vacuum we call the world, the pull of the world, the strong pull of the world, the same pull that caught Demas. Remember Demas, who was in Paul's tiny bubble? And the pull of the world caught Demas. The same pull that harpazod Demas. It's that of the world. It was a trap. You see, we have to be wise in these last days. In verse 13, in closing, the children of your elect sister greet you. Amen to the beautiful, beautiful people of the way, a remnant of these last days. God bless you. I love you.